1: Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass.
2: Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lop. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
0: Hi there, Duke fans. Did you miss us? You've been in your feet a lot lately. We promise this is the last of the preseason podcast. At least that's the that's the goal. I'm Jason Evans here on DBR Podcast, episode five five three. Joining me, as always, Donald Wine. Donald, how are you feeling this morning?
1: Doing pretty good. This is the yeah, this is one should, of the best episodes of the year. We yeah, we, we love should, this episode.
0: We should identify. It is <laughs> it is Sunday morning. Duke plays their first game tomorrow after tomorrow evening against Dartmouth. I have a frog in my throat, so I sound terrible. It is early enough on Sunday morning that I haven't really had my orange juice yet, so that's, <laughs> that's what's causing that. Joining us, ladies and gentlemen, is a very special guest. He needs no introduction, Sam Klein.
1: <laughs> back,
2: back from the dead, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. His retirement uh, lasted five days.
2: Well, I look, I, I retired, and then all of a sudden, you guys started recording every day. Because <laughs> obviously I'm still subscribed and I still download and listen to the show, and uh, all of a sudden my podcast feed is just DBR. So uh, sorry, folks, if you have if you have other programming, like I, I'll I'll plug some programming that I've been listening to this week that's not DBR. Uh, they <laughs> the, the Economist suckered me in and got me to to pay for a podcast subscription. Uh, I haven't I haven't I haven't gone in on the full uh full Economist subscription yet. I'm not that I'm not that intelligent, but uh, they did get me to. to I think it's like five bucks a month or something for the for the Economist podcast. But now I feel obligated. It's an incredible uh, incredible once you pay for something, how you feel uh, so compelled to fired. use it. So I'm like, <laughs> I gotta listen to every show. I gotta be really dialed in. I gotta know exactly what they're talking about. So I've been locked in on that. I know we're doing the stats game before uh, before we do that. Jason, can I make yeah. a couple comments? Absolutely. Uh, first of all, the, of the all, floor is yours. First of all, greatly appreciate all the messages uh, that we got at DBR podcast and on Twitter and uh, on the DBR forum, etc., uh, about my retirement. I, I really appreciate all of that. Uh, we'll see how long I last on the on the DBR podcast at gmail.com email address because uh, it's a lot. Uh, even when even when the emails are not about me, there there's a lot of emails. So it's which is great. We love that. But and the season uh,
1: the season's around the corner, which means this, it's right, just and going this to go This is in up, the off
2: yeah. season yeah uh, when when uh people you know people will start sending in headlines and stuff. uh so so I I really appreciate that, everybody. thank you so much. uh and then the other thing was before the actual prediction game, I have one uh, dumb prediction that I would like everyone to chime in on, which is I love it. so what what so, will,
0: will this count Will this count in the standings? Uh, sure. sure. <laughs> I'll have to
2: remember it because it because it's completely on me to remember it. but um so I moved to a new apartment a few months ago. Um, I, I live in Cambridge uh my apartment is northeast fa- I have a big window that's northeast facing um and I am a I'm a person who likes the cold so it's okay that I that I live all the way up here uh, I turned the air conditioner off about a month and a half ago and I've just been rolling in my apartment and I'm on the top floor all of these are factors to what I'm about to ask you which is uh I turned the air conditioner off about a month and a half ago I've slowly just been like adding layers inside the apartment as things have gotten chillier and chillier. Although we had a weird like heat wave last week where it was like 80 degrees, mm-hmm. and I actually did have to turn the AC back on. So I'm in you know sweatpants and a and a light sweatshirt uh, inside at my desk. The question is, on what date will I have to turn the heat on for the first time? Because it will happen. Uh, it, it regularly gets well below freezing in this part of the country in the winter time. And uh, I can stomach a lot. I don't know that I can do that uh, without without the heat on. So, on what date will I have to turn the heat on, Jason?
0: Well, so first of all, can I say this should not count in the standings?
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I will note it. I, I I will I will tell you guys. I will be faithful.
0: Okay. Uh, today is the fifth of November. Yes. I'm, I'm gonna. I don't think you can make it to Thanksgiving. I'm gonna go November. Wow.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go November eighteenth.
2: Uh, Jason says November eighteenth, and Donald.
1: I, I I have this thought out because because Sam, you and I are the same. I just turned my AC back on this morning because the temperature outside is like sixty two degrees. So that's I'm terrible, that, isn't it? Guy. I'm that guy. So, well, so I, know- I get,
2: So so with the with the the, the reason I, I so I mentioned the window the the height. Of the, I'm in a four story building and I'm on the top floor. Uh, so I do get a little bit of the heat from down below, mm-hmm. uh, and I do get some sunlight from outside. But not very much at this time. I don't get any direct sunlight this time of year.
1: So right because it just we just fell back. So I'm I am the same way as you. I imagine you are going to wake up on December third. You're going to know that we're playing Ooh. Duke is playing at Georgia Tech that day, and you're going to say, you know what? I'm going to make me some hot cocoa. I'm going to curl up on the couch. And I'm going to turn the heat on and watch this game. December third
2: is that a noon game?
1: It's a two p.m. game or two fifteen or something.
2: On a on a weekend,
1: on a Saturday, yeah.
0: yeah. All right, wait, wait. Yeah. I, so, sorry, I I need to revise my pick because research <laughs> research is important here. I, so I here? just look. I just looked at the weather, the ten day weather forecast for for Boston for Cambridge. Yeah, it, it's not gonna it's not gonna get the the high is going to be in the fifties pretty much consistently throughout the rest of this month.
2: <laughs> yeah, you're. So I'm you're, looking at a tested. farmer's
0: almanac. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm just looking. I'm telling. I can find the weather, the forecast through through Sunday, the 19th of November. And like the highs are like 59, 57. I didn't realize that it would stay that warm. So I'm actually going to push Donald. I'm going to go December 8th.
2: Jason says December 8th. All right. Uh, I will, I'll just take the over on this. I, I think I can do it, but I also like, I I don't have better data than you guys do. You, ha- you know, everything that I would think to make this prediction, but I am going to, I am going to take the over and, and I, and, I'll let you know if I end up like, and this is any time of day. Like I, as soon as I turn the heat on that, that's it. Uh, So I might be like rolling around in my apartment, like in, you know, in full sweat, Envoyed, like full big yeah. sweats. I'm wearing like a thin sweatshirt right now. I might be going full sweats uh, just to, just to prove you guys wrong. So I'm taking the over and that's the stats game for 2023, 2024. Thanks so much <laughs> for joining us. No, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to do the. Oh, wait, one more thing. Hang on. That, that was a stupid thing. This is a real thing. So, so again, I quit like what five days ago and Duke got another five star commitment. Yeah. Like
0: we talked about that in the last episode. <laughs>
2: I know. No, I know you did, but like what? They're still yeah. going.
0: It's crazy. Yeah. For folks who did not realize, Patrick Ngongba. And uh, uh, so, Donald, correct me. Am I doing that right? Ngongba? Ngongba. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think it's Ngongba.
0: Yes. Uh, Patrick Ngongaba committed to Duke yesterday, Saturday. Um, made his announcement on two four seven. You can watch the video of the announcement. Uh, he's got a he's got all his family there with him, including his his very tall mom and dad, who, uh, who we talked about both outstanding uh, college basketball players, especially his mom, a, a absolute stud college basketball player, and and also played in the WNBA, I believe. Uh, but yeah, he made his commitment, and we talked about him on the last podcast. Um, I don't know how John Shire does it. I uh, the, the only thing I can say about this one is at least uh, at least this one makes sense from a playing time kind of perspective because there's they're most assuredly going to be minutes available in the post next season. So that makes sense,
1: but but John Shire is just ridiculous as a recruiter. A couple of things on this. I know we'll probably touch on it a little bit more in depth during the week because we've just had so much going on. but uh, here's a stat from John Fanta on Twitter in roughly 18 months since since John Shire became the head coach, like officially took over as head coach from John from uh, Coach K, he has reeled an 11 five-star recruits in 18 months. That's outrageous. <laughs> and Jason, as you have seen out there, and Sam, I'm sure you've seen it as well, that could be obsolete in a few days because a yeah. lot of the crystal ball pr- predictions are saying are now switching uh, VJ Edgecombe uh, to commit to Duke, and that that apparently is coming very soon. Obviously, we're not we're not jinxing anything. We're not going to say that is happening, but the crystal balls are starting to, you know, flow our way, and so we might be talking about another guy this week. What you know, in one way or another. Yeah, VJ Edgecombe is visiting St.
0: John's this weekend. Everyone says it is a Duke versus St. John's battle, and and most of the speculation is that he will make his decision very very shortly after finishing that St. John's visit. And yeah, the the momentum appears to be strongly toward duke the duke bringing in another wing a a top top 5 in the country wing is just like it's outrageous it's
2: crazy I, I would really like to have an honest conversation with every one of these recruits about this process because there are so many factors good luck that, yeah well no i understand it's impossible and 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 i just as a person like i wouldn't even not even for the for the sake of like writing about it or talking about it but there are so many factors in here and by the way you know there's nil in there as well um that we don't know right how big the how big the bag is uh it it could be it could be very very big i don't know though that like i don't know that the the bag at duke is so much bigger than it is at all these other schools especially once you start adding all of these compounding factors but it's like Playing time, it's prestige. It's like the individual coaching staff, it's the individual guys on the team. It's the you know, it's the location. That all the all these kinds of things. But Donald, that stat about how many, or it's not the stat, just the number of how many uh, five stars John Shire has reeled in is outrageous. Because there are programs that go you know that go decades without without yeah, one, one five star recruit. So like like programs who are like Power Five programs who should be who Duke is like playing against. Uh, it's nuts
1: and it's no and no one is more big mad about it than UConn fans if you look on Twitter (laughs) they are so they are still reeling from not getting Cooper flag they thought they were in the driver's seat to land Cooper flag and in the course of a week not only did they lose Cooper flag to Duke Duke got another five-star recruit like they're mad Uh,
2: honestly like I know other programs hate it when when we take their recruits because we do that all the time uh I'll be honest. I'm still mad that Harrison Barnes went to UNC. Like, so I'm <laughs> stay salty,
0: not, baby. Stay I'm salty.
2: Not, I'm not getting over it. Like, it was it was so. You guys remember this, right? It, it was, was like a gut so, punch. Yeah. It was so in the bag for Duke that Harrison Barnes was coming, and then we didn't. When guess.
1: he when he said, "I'm going to Skype the coach," every Duke fan was like, "Coach K doesn't know what Skype is. <laughs> Who's he the, calling?" It's
2: real bad. That was that was a terrible moment.
1: Yeah. We're not going to talk
0: about that anymore. Sam, the, the the thing I'll say about it is you mentioned the Nil and and Duke Duke is doing a really good job both well, both honestly in terms of like collective, you know, the kind of well, there's no way to call it other than pay for play. It is pay for play. the kind of for play for pay for play Nil. That that every school now does that is not against the rules in any way, shape, or form. Duke's Duke's doing a, a a good job with that. You know, maybe not what Kansas, Arkansas. There are a few other schools that are sort of really well known for it. But I think that the thing that's really working for Duke in all this recruiting stuff is is the brotherhood. These guys recognize uh, all these players that Duke's going after are NBA prospects. And they recognize that Duke does a tremendous job of preparing you for the NBA, both on the court and off the court. And, and and I think that you know all Duke's connections in the NBA, all the Duke players that are in front offices and things like that. I think that when when these kids come and visit John Shire and the program explains to them exactly exactly what the path looked like and the way that the way that being part of the Brotherhood helps you along that path. And and the and I think these recruits get it. And they're like, yeah, okay. so my playing time, I may struggle to get playing time right away, but I'll get it eventually. And it's going to lead me to
1: a way more lucrative career in the end. And also, I know a lot of these guys aren't thinking about like, you know, graduation from college, but Duke still sets them up to eventually get a degree down the line. Like even if they only stay for a year or two, if they go in the NBA and they make millions of dollars and they're doing like you know, classes on the side, if they do just about any, you know, online program at any of these schools, they look at the Duke transfer credits and they go, Oh, never mind. You, you don't need to do that many courses to graduate from here. Right. Like it, you know, a lot of people, if we talk about on, on the other side, transfer credits for people coming to Duke are very difficult. Like a lot of schools just don't translate one for one uh, like for like to Duke university. And that's why we've had a lot of issues sometimes, especially over the past year with, people coming in as as transfers but i think when it goes the opposite way people look at duke and they see oh this guy spent a year at duke he went to you know went through four semesters because he had summer school he's got x amount of credits that we're taking all of these so it sets people up down the line if they want to pursue a degree after their playing days are over
2: and it it really uh i don't know how much they were thinking about this like 10 15 years ago but duke did a great job of of creating the the whole brotherhood branding like way before it was actually necessary such that now like, you know, you see NBA teams, social media, when, you know, the, like when the magic plays the Pelicans and there's a picture of Paulo Bancaro standing next to Zion Williamson, the magic tweet out like, Oh, the brotherhood, like back together. Uh, Those Mm -hmm. guys didn't even play together in college. And, and I don't know, maybe there's somebody from the Orlando magic who went to Duke who like thinks about this stuff, but There are alumni from every school, like all over the NBA, not as many as there are at Duke, but there are tons of, you know, moments like this. And you don't like, I don't think about it. Right. When I watch an NBA, I like, I think about Duke guys in the NBA, but when I'm watching an NBA game, I'm not like looking for Kansas players or looking for Kentucky players, but, but somehow this thing is permeated like way past just Duke social media.
1: And they don't, it's not like they take pictures of it, right. You don't see like, you know, Anthony Davis with Link Monk, who didn't go went to both both went to Kentucky but didn't go to school together. Oh, the Kentucky brothers are back again. Like you never see that. But for uh, you don't see it for UNC that much. But for Duke, every time a Duke player sees another Duke player, it doesn't matter who it is, they're taking pictures together, they're vibing, and it's all over the place. Yo, Donald, you don't see it for UNC. There are not that many UNC guys
0: in the NBA right now.
1: Oh (laughs) I didn't want to say it. I didn't say it. There are Jason, I didn't say it.
2: Come and, on. And
0: they're not prominent players. Like with the Duke guys, it's like, oh, don't know, Orlando and Boston are playing. That's Jason Tatum against Paulo Bancaro. Like that's the matchup that
1: matters. And but <laughs> like for a lot of these other schools, like
0: we got plenty of NBA guys. That that eighth man over there, that dude, he went to our school. That's the
1: reason why I said Kentucky, they're the only team that has more players yeah. in the NBA than we do.
2: He turned on the opening night to watch uh Wen Banyama play the play the Mavs. And I forgot how much of a Duke game that was going to be because, like, yeah. Derek Lively had the double double. Trey Jones obviously plays a big role uh, for the Spurs. Seth Curry's on the Mavs. Uh, Kyrie. So Kyrie. Kyrie's on the Mavs. So like, oh yeah,
0: like, Kyrie.
2: Forgot about that. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, amazing. Hey, one more one more thing before we go to the break, and then and then do the stats game. Uh, Duke is bull eligible, and I don't know if you guys like. Admittedly, I'm behind it on your show. We you talked, talked about, about it. it. Yes, we uh, did. How many? <laughs> I have no idea what the answer to this question is. Uh, how many teams have reached bowl eligibility with three different starting quarterbacks?
0: What in their None. history? Oh, oh, yeah, you mean for, this season? You mean in one season? Like oh,
2: for whoever, when did that happen? Three? It, it's like the, the game was just into November. Duke reaches bowl eligibility. Look, Duke doesn't even have a bad, you know, Duke doesn't have a bad record, right? Like they're six and three. It's not like, it's not yeah. like they like eked into bowl eligibility at the end of the season. They're six and three. They still have opportunities to add to that win total. And they're rolling with the third guy in the quarterback room. Uh so man, that is that is super impressive. Very cool. And congratulations to 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 the team. And I hope uh I, I don't know what the I haven't looked at the bowl lineup yet, but hoping I get to I get to make it to whatever that game is this year. That would be that would be great. And who knows who will be playing you know, maybe Donald will be playing quarterback for Duke by the time. By the time I don't know, they won't happens. be playing QB, man. I'll be real. <laughs> Mike Elko might be playing quarterback for Duke by then. <laughs> Uh, all right. I think that was it for me.
0: All right. So <laughs> we thought we were going to start the stats game like 10, 15 minutes ago. Instead, it's time for a quick commercial break. When we come back, the annual DBR stats game, our predictions on the upcoming season. Get a pen and paper, people. Follow along. Here it comes. Stay with us. This episode of the Duke Basketball Roundup is sponsored by BetterHelp.
1: Wow, the year feels like it's flown by. As we enter the summer, it is the time to take note of the wins that life has brought you, and it's a good time to make adjustments for the rest of 2024. Talking to someone about those wins and improvements can help you recalibrate and give you something to focus on for the remaining months of the year.
0: That's right, Donald. That's where BetterHelp can provide the alley-oop getting advice from a therapist can help you keep the focus on the good things in life and learn how to handle the hard better. It's online, it's flexible, and you get to fit it within your schedule. You just fill out a questionnaire and you get matched to a professional that can serve as your guide and you can
1: switch anytime you wish. So if you need help setting those goals to carry you through 2024, try BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com/DukeBB. That's D-U-K-E B-B today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P.com/DukeBB. We took it all. We brought them
0: to our land. An endless night, amber hot and icy cold. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. We are back from the break. I'm Jason. He's Donald. He's Sam. And Sam is now in charge. Sam, take it away with the annual DBR stats game.
2: Uh, I think normally when we do this, in years past when we've done this, I think we do take the whole game, the whole show, including taking the break. And today we're starting after the break. So uh, this I, could I be a been, long show is what it is. is. You'll the, show. the listeners know more than we do because they can see this in their feed. But uh, and also I, I added a few categories this year. So also, uh,
1: also, Sam, it's been a week. We had to catch up after, you know, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, after, you got like seven apart.
2: shows. Yeah. So <laughs> a lot happened at that time. OK, so for those who are joining us for the first time, welcome to the DBR stats game. Uh, this is our annual preseason uh, I guess it's our preseason preview, you know, it's our, our team preview for the year. Uh, and we, the way we think about it is all summer, we talk about the players who are coming in, right? We really start talking about them around when they're about to commit, right? By the time Cooper Flag shows up at Duke, everyone is, we're going to feel like we already know him. Uh, even though, even though most people like, I mean, not for Cooper Flag, but for most players, you don't really know them until they actually step out on the court. They've had basically two opportunities to do that on television this year. They had countdown to craziness and they had uh, the game against UNC Pembroke. Neither of those is a, is a great representation of what the team is going to look like this year. They start that this week, uh, Monday night against Dartmouth. And then obviously Friday night against Arizona, I'm going to be in the building. Uh, Donald, Donald might be in the building for, for that one. We'll see. Still
1: trying, still trying, still
2: trying unlikely at this Uh, point, but still trying. So, so we're working on that, but, uh, Lots of opportunities early in the season to find out who Duke is. But the, so we figure it's not worth kind of like going over like, okay, Jeremy Roach is on the team this year. What's he going to do? We talk about him all the time. The way that we do this is a stats prediction game. So I've got a list of stats. I sent this to you guys last night. You had plenty of time to prepare you had all night to to do your research. Jason has all of his, all of his numbers ready to go. I will remind uh, the listeners. I still, um I, we have now had two different listeners offer to buy us a trophy I have not followed through on that, on that, uh, on, on that offer. So uh, that's on me. Maybe now with all my free time, I can get around to buying us a, a trophy. It would be great for a belt.
0: I think a belt would be better than a trophy. I, I would will I, wear a belt.
2: <laughs> I'm getting a trophy. No, you're not in charge here. This is my, this is my thing. <laughs> We're getting a trophy, a
0: crown. Uh, we could get a crown.
2: <laughs> maybe I'll get it. Maybe I'll get a matching crown, uh, but I like like I like I would like to maybe have it in my Zoom background, you know, so people can be like, oh, what's that great trophy? Did you win, you know, some sports thing? And I'll be like, yes, I did win a sports thing, but it was a sports talking thing. So it's different. Anyway, we'll see. Uh, but so we do this every year. I don't know how many years we've We've been doing it many years now. Jason won last year uh, in a in a nail biter, in an absolute nail biter. So uh, we're coming back this year and Donald and I are determined to unseat him. Gentlemen. Time for the stats game 2023 2024. Are we ready to go? I see nods. Let's get this thing started. First category uh, Who is going to lead Duke in? And we do the same five categories to start every year. Who's going to lead Duke in points per game? I'll remind you that last year, Kyle Filipowski led Duke with 15.1 points per game. Donald, what is your guess?
1: It's Kyle Filipowski.
2: It's Kyle Filipowski. Jason?
0: Yeah, I'm the guy who made all the noise about all these other people who could maybe lead Duke in scoring, and yet here I am in the stats game, and I'm gonna tell you that the answer is Kyle Filipowski.
2: So let's skip ahead to the to the tiebreaker which we do here, which is uh what will Kyle Filipowski's points per game total be, Donald?
1: I think Kyle Filipowski is going to learn very quickly, as will the rest of the nation, that he is him. He's going 17.3 points per game. Donald, we had the same number.
2: <laughs> 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 I will I will go under it. I will go under it. So I will take 17.2. Donald's got 17.3. Jason, what was your prediction for Kyle Filipowski's points per game?
0: So I want everyone to know that I am not going to do the whole game theory thing where like, oh, yeah. I, I box you in. The number I had written down because I expected we would have a tie in this category was 16.4.
2: Okay. Jason's got 16.4. So I've got the, the hardest opportunity here at winning this category. But... I will take it. Uh, I feel very confident that Kyle Filipowski will average exactly 17.2 points per game. Let's move to rebounds per game. Kyle Filipowski also led this category last year. He did not quite average a double double. He slowed down towards the end of the season. He averaged about nine rebounds a game for Duke. So Jason, is Kyle Filipowski going to lead the team in rebounding this year?
0: Yes, he is, and in fact, he's going to average nine point three rebounds per game.
2: Ooh, and Donald, how many how many rebounds do you believe that Kyle Filipowski will have this year? Eight point eight.
1: And yes, I did pick Kyle Filipowski.
2: Yeah, I, I'm I'm skipping that part. <laughs> uh, I hey guys, I I I know we we said on the on the, my goodbye episode, you know, six weeks ago, that I'm always the pessimistic one. I'm going optimistic this year. Kyle Filipowski is averaging a double double for Duke. He's going to get 10.2 rebounds a game. Uh, Ooh, I like it, and, nice. and I'll tell you. I'll tell you why I think that. The same reason that it was easy to pick who was going to lead the team in rebounding this year is also the reason that Kyle Filipowski will average a double double. He's the one that benefits most from the relo- the roster turnover that we're going to see this year. When we talk about the guards in a minute, uh, which we're we're going to start doing very soon, the answers we're going to give are I, I predict that the answers we're going to give are for this category i really thought it was jared mccain but i you could have talked me into tyrese proctor or jeremy roach as well so we're gonna hear that a lot i think the fact that duke doesn't have a clear other big man there's lots of guys who will get rebounds mark mitchell will get rebounds ryan young will get rebounds uh sean stewart will get rebounds tj power might get rebounds depending on how much he plays all of those guys will get rebounds pal Filipowski will be the only like big rebounder for Duke this year. So I think he's getting mm. more. That's my, there's my logic.
0: Like it, it is
2: it is flawless, sir. What can I say? I'm a savant. <laughs> uh, how many, uh, who will lead the team in blocks per game? And I will I will note, so last year, Jason got this number exactly right for, or he was off by like 0. 0.1 for Derek Lively. Uh, Duke obviously doesn't have Derek Lively this year. So uh, everyone else that's returning averaged less than one block per game. I will go first. Uh, we'll give the names first because I'm not sure everyone's going to pick the, the same answer. And then we can come back and do tiebreakers. So I've got Mark Mitchell, Donald, who do you have leading the team in blocks per game?
1: Sean Stewart,
2: Sean Stewart and Jason.
0: Kyle Filipowski. Like you said, uh, we're, we're, he, they're not, a, there's no one else going to play big man minutes the way he's going to play them. And I, I think Flip's going to lead the team in block shots.
2: I felt like, I have a I have a general sense that we are going to see a huge defensive emergence for Mark Mitchell this year. I'm just like thinking that there's there's a lot of opportunities for him to not have to like there's a lot of other defensive talent on the floor. um, And he's going to feel like he needs to fill the void a little bit for for Derek Lively not being there, which is going to give him a lot of opportunities to make defensive highlights.
1: I agree with you on Mark Mitchell. I think the thing about Mark Mitchell is he's not going to let guys get to the basket so he can block them. That's my, that's my thing is defense is going to be where they're not getting, they're, they're either taking jumpers that are going to go wide or, you know, someone else is going to steal it from them. but like, he's not going to let them get to the basket. So there's not going to be a lot be, of opportunities for him to blocks.
2: This, this, this will be a tough category. To, this is like uh, the, watching this category this year for Duke. I think it's, it's going to be, be like betting the overs. It's going to be like betting the overs on big 10 games. You know, you just don't, <laughs> you don't want to do it.
0: Can, can I just say that I can't wait till next year when, when we all pick Cooper flag and, and we're like, how many blocks per game? And and one of us is going to be above three? I may be above four. <laughs>
2: <laughs> can't wait. All right. <laughs> Who's going to lead the team in assists per game? And again, I, we might all pick the same guy, but we might not. Jason, you're going first.
0: Yeah, we're all picking
2: Tyrese Proctor. I've got Tyrese Proctor. Donald, do you have him too? I do, yes. So Jason, what's the number?
0: I'm gonna go five point four. Ooh,
2: I like it. I had four point seven, Donald. Four point five. Oh, you guys just boxing just, you in left and right. Just man. boxing me in at every at every opportunity. Steals <laughs> per game. Uh Jeremy Roach won this one last year, but uh Kyle Filipowski was also pretty good at stealing the ball. And uh I've got ooh, I've got I think I lost my, my order here. I'll go first on this. I've got Kyle Filipowski this year leading the team in steals. Donald.
1: I'm going with Caleb Foster.
2: And Jason.
0: Uh, I like the pick, Donald. I went Tyrese Proctor on this one as well. Ooh.
2: Everybody's got different answers. I like it. I like it. Yeah. I. Th- this is one where. This is luck. going to
1: be the close. I predict this will be the closest battle between
0: multiple players. By the way, uh, Sam, I think the flip pick is a pretty good one on Steels. I actually, I actually like
1: that pick a lot. And um, um, didn't he lead the team that's... in steals last year, or was he close?
2: Roach, Roach led the team in steals, but again, this was not a category where where Duke was was excellent. Uh, right. We'll talk about the Duke defense in, in more detail as we get a little farther down. But uh, the what is Duke defense? Duke's defense question going to look like this year is maybe my biggest uh, my biggest like overall topic for this team. All right. Let, let's pivot back to uh, the offense, highest field goal percentage on the team, and uh, if you remember who it was last year, then hopefully it's not that hard of a pick. Donald, Ryan Young, yeah, and Jason,
0: you're going to laugh. Sean Stewart.
2: Ooh, okay. So, so Donald and I have Ryan Young, and Jason has Sean Stewart. Jason, would you like to? Would you like to speak against? last year's uh leading field goal percentage maker for duke.
0: No, I think Ryan Young is an outstanding player. His field goal percentage will be high. I don't think he will duplicate what he did last year. Last year I think was was a little bit of an outlier for him in terms of field goal percentage. But I th- I think Sean Stewart is pretty much only going to shoot when when he actually has like a, a like a for sure shot. <laughs> so I, I I think I could I could see Sean Stewart Exceeding seventy percent. I know that sounds crazy, but I really think you could that could happen.
2: Which of these two guys is more likely to take a Marshall Plumley three this season?
1: Oh, Ryan Young for sure. Ryan Young.
2: He's not gonna get in trouble for it.
1: No, uh, I think no, he, we've seen it. I think he has leadership. I think he has the uh the green light to take one.
0: We well, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. We've seen him in practice. We should almost do, you know, Ryan Young total three pointers. I might go as high as three.
2: No. <laughs> hey, <laughs> like <laughs> we have we have a couple other dumb categories to get through. Highest three point field goal percentage. So the last one was all field goals, not two pointers only. Last one was all field goals. Highest three point field goal shooting percentage. And Jason, I think you've got this one first.
0: Uh, Jaden shoot will have the highest three point field goal percentage of the team.
2: And, and we've set the we've set the rule for this uh, for this one in the past that you need to have taken. I think at least half as many field goals uh, three point field goals as half the team has in per game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh so if Duke plays if Duke plays 35 games this year, then you have to have taken at least 17 and a half uh field goals. So Jason's got Jaden shoot. I've got Jared McCain. Donald, who do you have?
1: I also have Jared McCain.
2: Ooh, okay. So Jason's the one then, really can, Wait,
0: can I say I think we're all sleeping on Caleb Foster. I don't think he's, I, I, I don't think volume wise, but I think there's a very good chance Caleb Foster Jay, has a
1: high field goal three point Jason goal Jason, point. Jason just because we didn't pick somebody doesn't mean we were sleeping on it. Like, like there's a lot of guys who could qualify in this category. Hey, if, if Ryan Young takes 17 attempts, maybe he does it, but we, we don't know. This is why we play I, the games.
2: <laughs> I, I thought that uh, I was between Foster and McCain when it came to, to picking this topic. The other thing that I'm curious about that we'll get to in a second, because we are going to predict Caleb Foster's three point percentage is whether any of these guys are going to, hit or get near 40% for Duke this year, because one of the big things that the team was missing last year was a reliable three-point shooter. So uh, keep an eye, keep an eye on that one. Uh, We'll come to one of my favorite categories. How many players are going to lead Duke in scoring in a game? And I will remind you before we pick this one, that eight different guys did it last year, even Jalen Blinks. So I'm going first. Eight last year. I'm picking nine. I think this team is going to be wild, tons of fun. So I've got nine guys leading Duke in scoring. Donald.
1: I only have six. I think there's going to be guys that get close, but I think in the end, only six lead the team in scoring in a game.
2: Jason.
0: I vacillated between five and six. I went with six, but I, uh, for, the, for the sake of the game, I'll ratchet it back to five. I agree with you, Sam. I think this team's going to be a lot of fun. But I, I, I think there there are some guys in this team who are just going to put up points. And and I I I think only five guys are going to lead this team in scoring this year. And you ready for it? Mark Mitchell will not be one of them.
2: Ooh. Ah, that's a bull. I'm, I'm writing that one down. So Jason said that Mitchell won't lead the team in scoring. Well, that's if correct. you remember
1: last year, if, if I remember correctly, he was like the last guy to lead the team in scoring in a game, like to get it up to eight. I think he we'll was see. one of the last ones. Yeah.
2: We will see. Okay. Uh on the topic of three-point shooting, we're back, we're back on three-point shooting. And this was one that was a little sad last year, uh, for a guy who otherwise had a stellar freshman campaign. Kyle Philipowski hit under 30% of his three-point attempts. We said throughout the season that the shot looks good. He's getting it in rhythm. He's just not making them. So uh for this year. How, uh, what will Kyle Filipowski's three point field goal percentage be? Donald, I'm coming to you first.
1: I think he's going to be better about it because he's not going to take as many attempts as he did last year, given that he's probably going to remain or at least try to go to the basket quite a bit more. Also, as I mentioned at the top, he is him. So I'm going to go with 36.1%. It's
2: a big number, Jason.
0: I think he'll be better than last year. I don't think he'll get as high as Donald. I went with thirty-four percent for Kyle Filipowski this year.
2: I I also had thirty-four percent. I think I I actually and 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 I would have taken the under on that if you had told me like that was the number. Um, so let's do this. Jason's thirty-four, and I'll just be thirty-three because I could even be convinced that that it's lower than that. It's a big it's a big margin to make up. Uh, even like from where he was last year. I would be very happy for Donald to be right about this prediction. That would be insane. All right. Here's one that uh, sort of gets to the topic of guard minutes, because we've talked about how Duke has uh, two really great guards coming back this year in Jeremy Roach and Tyrese Proctor. But Duke also has two guys who have been vying for the last starting spot and who very much would make claims to being 30-minute-a-game ACC players if given the the roster opportunity. So how many minutes per game will Jeremy Roach average this year, keeping in mind that he averaged 33 minutes a game last year? And the other wrinkle in here that I would like you to think about is that we've only seen one John Shire season. We saw 40 Coach K seasons where he whittled the the lineup down to like five or six or seven guys if he was feeling really generous so a guy like jeremy roach on a coach k team coming into this season we would all be like he's averaging 37 minutes a game he's getting (laughs) every touch like no questions asked he's like he's like experienced. he's got everything going for him but this is a john shire team and we don't know what that's going to look like jason how many minutes will jeremy roach average this season
0: so, yeah, I, I think that John Shire has a deeper bench <laughs> than Coach K did. So after 33 last year, I think that Jeremy, Jeremy Roach only averages 30 minutes per game this year.
2: I've got 31 because I was thinking along the same lines. Donald, are you going at least as high as he was last year?
1: You said he was at 33 minutes a game. 33 last year. Last year. I don't think he's going to have that many, but I agree with both of you that when it comes time, to you think about he's going to start almost – He's going to start every game that he's healthy. He's going to be in the game at a lot of crunch time because he's the floor general. And as we saw last year at times, you know, I, you know, he was the man down the stretch for Duke uh, when there was crunch time going on. I'm going 31.7 minutes per game.
2: Okay. Okay. Look, you keep boxing me in. I'm going to keep winning. I think it's, you know, it's all just, it's all just pressure, baby. Uh Next category, uh, this is one that is a specific reference to the exhibition game from the other night where Tyrese Proctor hit four threes, I think, in the first like like what before the first TV time in three
0: minutes. Four threes yeah. in three minutes.
2: <laughs> so uh so he didn't do that last year. Uh I don't I don't believe he did it once. He didn't hit four threes in a game once last year. So how many times in the regular or how many times in the non preseason this year will Tyrese Proctor hit four threes in the game?
0: Sam go for wait, Sam, you go first.
2: This is mine first. I had three instances of this. Donald. Four. Jason I, I, is getting, Jason, wait, before Jason guesses, I know he's going to guess a ridiculous number.
0: Do it. Go ahead. No, do it. No, do it. I also had three. I also had three. Uh, Four uh, three-pointers I, is a lot of three-pointers.
2: That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot of threes. Yeah. Uh, the next one, I'm bringing this back and I'm and I'm doing a little bit of wishful thinking here. Mark Mitchell did have one 10-5-5 game last year. I double checked it. It was late in the season. Uh he had one 10-5-5 game to remind the folks this was uh 10 points, five rebounds, and five assists. This is For, the uh, Wendell
1: Moore statistic. Well, no, no. That, we said we said the 10 has to be points, but the five and five can be any other positive category. Other category. Mean, right. Could be sure. blocks, steals, assists, whatever. This was
2: right. This was the Wendell Moore, uh Wendell Moore Jr. category because he was he was an expert at at hitting this stat line a stat stuffer if you will i have this inkling that mark mitchell is going to uh create 10-5-5 games this year there's just something something about his game that tells me that he is going to be a little all over the place so uh i've got donald picking this one first
1: i got him doing two
2: jason
0: One, and I almost went zero. I just think the assists aren't going to get there for him. He only averaged 1.2 assists per game last year. And in fact, so when I pick one,
1: I think he'll have a five steal game. (laughs) I was going to say, like, I was thinking more like a couple of games where he steals. I think he's going to have games where he's going to get very close, but not actually get it. Like he may get, you know, five, five rebounds, five assists, but like eight points. Like, because again, that won't count. So like, he's going to have some games where he gets close, but I think he crosses the threshold twice.
2: You guys got me nervous that now I'm being too optimistic. I got three here. Uh, I think he did a really it once good last number. year, and I, think I hope it happens
0: it. for you, Sam. I really do. <laughs> yeah.
2: Can't wait. <laughs> All right. We've talked about the starting lineup a little bit. We, we know as much as we can know anything. We don't know anything. But as much as we can know anything, we know that John Shire is going to start Kyle Filipowski, Mark Mitchell, Tyrese Proctor, and Jeremy Roach on this team which means, because they're all returning players, they all got a lot of starts, especially at the end of the season last year. So they're all penciled or even penned in, maybe erasable penned in for, for starting jobs this year. Those are jobs that, they're, that are theirs to lose, which means there's one more spot left. We've talked throughout the offseason at different points about the potential for each of Jared McCain, Caleb Foster, Sean Stewart, and TJ Power, all to have breakout freshman campaigns for Duke. And by the way, Jaden Shoot is still on the bench. And and could emerge at any time. Ryan Young got starts last year for Duke. It is not it is not crazy that Ryan Young would start games again for Duke this year. So among all of the other players on the team, and only counting games where those other four guys, the, the, the core four, uh games where the core four are all starting. Who's getting the most starts? All healthy. Yeah, yeah, all healthy, all healthy. Who's getting the most starts in those games that's not those four guys, Jason?
0: jared mccain in fact i think that jared mccain jared i think it's very possible that duke will have the same five starters in every game this year wow we get a barring
1: injuries
2: uh, i also picked mccain i wouldn't go that far but donald who do you got
1: i also have mccain do we need to have a tiebreaker of how Ooh. many games
2: uh let's no no let's go let's go second place jason's okay. going none because he thinks it's everybody well um, wait hang on
0: hang on if you're gonna um, guess
2: a second place guy
0: yeah, actually, no, uh second place, I'll I'll say nobody. I, I I think that McCain starts every game he can he can.
2: I've got Caleb Foster as the as the backup to Jared McCain. And Donald, who do you have? Ryan Young. Okay, so now we've got so uh Jason says nobody else. Uh Donald says Ryan Young. I have to type these out. This is this is too complicated for me. And Sam has Caleb Foster. Great, great, fantastic. Love this. Okay. If
0: I I think Donald's gonna win this category. If I could have picked someone, it would have been Ryan Young.
2: Uh, now, here's another question that Jason... Oh, has wait, wait, wait. Hold point. on, hold
1: on. Is Shire going to... Are we going to do a senior day kind of thing? I guess that Shire, maybe... Well, won't matter maybe. because that category is only about those four core guys
2: starting, so... Well, and, and, wait, what other seniors do we... Th- it's only Ryan Young, right? Yeah, I I If I lose this start.
0: category because Ryan Young starts...
2: Well, on his, <laughs> We'll, we'll 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 leave technicalities out of that I, I'm not I'm not penalized I'm not penalizing you in the event that John Shire like has a freaky Friday moment with Roy Williams this year that's not that's sort of out of the <laughs> out of the out of the possibility space we don't no one no one wants that do do we do we want I don't want that
1: but even with this category Jason like if there's a senior day moment where like Spencer Hubbard and, and guys like that end up starting that doesn't count because the category is if the four if the core four start who was the who's going to start the most alongside those four? So if one of those guys don't start, that game is completely thrown out. We talk about that. No,
0: I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. I got you. It, we're just
2: we're, we're just spe- we're just blindly speculating
1: as we are wont to do. <laughs> Come on, Spencer so, Harvard, be the hero.
2: <laughs> how many guys are going to fill that fifth starter spot was my next question, which means I already have Jason's answer, which is zero. One. What no we'll, we'll just we'll just guess one. Oh sorry, he's got one because that's the yeah. only number he's got. I agree. Uh, uh, wait, wait. Uh, my prediction is that Duke will start five players. <laughs> <laughs> I would Donald, hope so. Donald, how many different guys are gonna get that fifth starter spot?
1: We mentioned three guys, and I think those three guys are gonna be the, be the uh people who fill that fifth starter, Jeremy Cain, Ryan Young, and Caleb Foster.
2: So Donald and I both have three, and Jason's got one. I I uh you know what. I admire this. And, by the way, on the topic of I hope that you're right, Jason, I really hope that you're right because if John Shire doesn't have to change his starting lineup this season, that means things are going very well for Duke. Right. All right. Ryan Young, minutes per game. Ryan Young last year uh, averaged like 16 it was or
0: 17. 17.7, like seven, I think, was the number.
2: 17.7. So I've got him basically at that and, – and the considerations here to remember – were one, Duke had Derek Lively, but two, Derek Lively was hurt for big chunks of the year and had foul trouble, did not demonstrate the ability to play 30 minutes a game. I think if Duke runs back last season at full health the way that John Shire envisioned, Derek Lively would have played more minute, mu- many more minutes than he did and would have started every night. So Ryan Young, like, that starts... Like he
0: is for the Dallas Mavericks.
2: Like he is for the Dallas Mavericks and like playing awesomely. <laughs> Not surprised, by the way, that that Derek Lively is having fun in the NBA. Seems. Mm -hmm.
0: Wait, folks, go back and listen to our NBA draft recap. We all said Lively was one of the steals of the draft. So sorry.
2: (laughs) So on that. So on that topic, how many minutes per game will Ryan Young average this season? I've got him at eighteen, Donald.
1: I got him a little lower. I think we're going to go small for large stretches of the season. And so, especially when you consider that Jeremy Cain is probably going to start most of these games as we just discussed. So I'm going 14.3 minutes per game, but I also think he's going to be one of the most efficient players on the floor in that time.
0: Jason. I had exactly 14 minutes per game for Mr.
2: Ryan young. All right. I like, I like like where we're going here. Uh, we talked about three-point shooting, and we talked a little bit about Caleb Foster, who none of us picked to lead the team in three-point field goal percentage. But how uh, high will Caleb Foster's three-point field goal shooting percentage be this season, Donald?
1: Guys, I'm going pretty high. I got him at 38.5%.
2: That's a big number. Jason?
1: That's exactly. I had thirty-eight point five. Also, exactly. <laughs> All right.
2: the, Who's got the? Jake, Donald seemed Donald seemed uh, really enthusiastic about going high. So I think I'm going to give Donald the over and Jason the under.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll put me down for thirty-eight point four. That's fine.
1: Great. Uh,
2: I I was not as optimistic. I went for thirty-six. So um, again, happy for you guys to be right over me, but we will see how that works out. If it's Jared thirty-eight point four
1: three, Jason, I'm going to be upset. <laughs>
2: <laughs> how many points per game will jared mccain average jason
0: uh wait i have to find it on my list oh my gosh i can't believe i
2: where's the jared mccain points per...
0: oh i've got him at
1: 13.2 points per game
2: like this i had him at 12 donald
1: i had him at 13.1 no, <laughs> <you didn't. laughs> yes put me in
2: put me in there i got the over baby you got look you, you it is what it is right um <laughs> This is, this is how we, this is unfortunately for all of us, how we play the game. Sean Stewart's minutes per game. This is a topic that I am fascinated by because it, it, it appears that the nexus of, is Duke playing small? Is Sean Stewart ready? What's Ryan Young going to do? Like, All of all of these factors, like some of this is external to Sean Stewart, and some of this depends entirely on his play, which we were very excited about a few months ago. The reports so far are maybe he's not quite ready yet, but there are a ton of physical tools there that could tell you that Sean Stewart is ready to step in. I've got 19 minutes a game for Sean Stewart.
1: Uh, I got him at 14. I think a lot of that's going to be played with uh, alongside Caleb Foster and or Jerry McCain, because. So far this season, I've seen a lot of great chemistry from those guys when they're on the floor together. So 14 points. Or I'm sorry, 14 minutes per game. And I I I've got him right in the middle of you guys. I'm at
0: 16 minutes per game for Sean Stewart.
2: I think all of those are are reasonable guesses. I might be high, but I also get this sense that he's gonna figure something out. So
0: we'll see. Yeah. So you know it would be interesting with this is like what what's your number in November and December, and what's your number You know come january february march because i i think that i think it may be like down um 11 or 12 early in the season it may be pushing 20 once we get to acc time
2: you're also gonna to to my comment about how lots of different guys are gonna uh, lead duke in scoring this year i do think you're gonna see a lot of shire mixing and matching a little bit early in the game to see who's to see who's hot and then and then continuing with that uh we didn't see Christian Reeves in the preseason game, uh, so we we believe that he's he's hurt. He's confirmed hurt. Um, so, but, but a, yeah. a very minor, but not seriously hurt. Yeah. How many ACC games? ACC games only. How many ACC games will Christian Reeves play in? Donald,
1: I'm going kind of low here. I'm going four.
0: Jason, wow, that's really low. I will tell you that last year, last year he played in seven ACC games, and. Every single one of them, there was at least a 16-point margin of of, of victory or loss. He also played the Miami game that we lost. But yes, uh, so I think it's going to be a little bit higher than last year. I went with 10 ACC games. But again, I think it's very possible that a lot of those are one or two minutes played at the very end of the game.
2: I am pessimistic about this. Uh, I think that the bench is already deep without him. And John Shire is going to have a hard time finding space for him. Uh, I only predicted three games in which three ACC games in which Christian Reeves plays. And that's also a little bit of a hedge on he's already starting the season hurt. We don't expect that he's going to be hurt by the time ACC play rolls around. So that'll be an interesting one to track, although hopefully not uh, highly impactful to the the outcome of the season. Jason, how many games will Jaden shoot make at least three three three-pointers?
0: No one. There is no one on the planet other than maybe his parents higher on Jaden shoot than I am. And I just keep on getting disappointed by what ends up happening. I went with two games. There will be two games in which Jaden shoot hits three, three pointers.
2: I went higher. I I love it for four. Yes. Thank you, Donald.
1: I went lower. I went with one. (laughs) You
2: went with one. (laughs) Gentlemen, we are on to Donald's. Favorite category. It is his favorite category every year. He always gets it wrong. So we're going to let him go first. Donald, even though it's my turn to go first, I'm letting Donald go first. Donald, how many hundred-point games will Duke have this season?
1: 42 minus 40. (laughs) (laughs) Two. We're going two.
0: Uh, You know, everyone should be required to remember – the year that Donald picked that Duke would have 10 100-point games? Oh, my God. That was an amazing. What year
1: was that? What year was that, Jason? 2018-2019. 2018-2019. Uh, 100... <laughs> not not we a year started scored off...
2: 100 points.
1: 10 118 points first game, and everybody's like, man, Donald might be onto something. And then they did <laughs> do the rest of the season. So I'll take yeah. it. I'll take that. Okay. <laughs> so I, I, I did some research on this. Uh,
0: we always look first to the teams that Duke plays that that – you know, frankly, are are less than impressive where we think Duke may really, you know, run up the score a little bit. Uh, Both Southern Indiana and Queens are teams that play really fast. Queens plays really fast. Queens tempo last year was like top 40 in the country. And teams that play at a fast tempo, you can usually get up and down the floor and score on those teams. So I said that Duke would have three, three 100-point games this year. I think Southern Indiana, I think Queens, and I think we'll find another one somewhere on the schedule. I think this team is so deep when we you know start playing the bench guys we're just gonna be still
2: pounding teams yeah. i am taking zero i don't think duke is gonna do it this year uh i don't know that that i'm not convinced yet that duke is going to play fast this season even if its opponents are playing fast and usually the better team is the one forcing the tempo so uh we'll 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 see about that one
0: i sam i i will say that i think you're wrong i we should we should look at like I haven't done research into this to check, so we can't do it. But I bet Duke's tempo is is top thirty, top forty in the country. I think we're going to play fast. So, well
2: we we will see. Uh, let's move on to the next category, which I think is, in a way, is Jason's favorite category, uh, the one where he always where he always schools us. So, Jason, how many total points will be scored by walk-ons this season? And we are counting uh, Spencer Hubbard and Stanley Borden as the walk ons this year they are both returning players they are experienced uh they've logged what tens of minutes between them in in in, in their careers at duke how many yes. points will they score
0: um I- i'm going to be bold this is a big number from me
1: 3
2: <laughs> i i hear you that it's bold cuz i went with 2 donald what'd you have
1: you know last year guys they had a I- i'm trying to think of the number was it 0 i think it was 0 yeah. it was 0 I'm also going to go bold with you guys, but I might be the boldest. I'm going with four,
2: four points. <laughs> so, so Jason's banking on either a three or an, and one. I'm no, no, on... is it,
0: it, this is going to be a Spencer Hubbard three-pointer.
2: Uh, you're sure it's not a Stanley Borden three-pointer.
0: It's not a Stanley
2: Borden three-pointer. It is a if Stanley Hubbard Borden. If Stanley Borden hits a three-pointer this season, I was we're going to gonna need a new
1: stadium. Ringing I'm gonna have to come ring. back.
2: I'm gonna have to come back on the show. No, I'm not going to make that promise, but, uh, <laughs> if Stanley board makes a three pointer, I will do something outrageous. Uh, uh, something truly outrageous guys. How many players are going to log 300 minutes for Duke this year? There were nine last year. I'm going to start this category off. I think 10 guys for Duke are going to play at least 300 minutes this year. Donald.
1: I, I have nine, the same as last year. I think when it comes down to like, blake's power shoot i think only one of them will get 300 minutes but not the other two
0: yeah I, I i vacillated between nine and ten i'm gonna end up oh god i was all ready to say nine i'm gonna go ten what the hell ten i think this team...
2: if you have nine ready you're nine so that's just how the that's how the game works you don't <laughs> we, we don't we don't change predictions we're, we're men of integrity. <laughs> Put me down for uh, nine. My, That's fine. Put me down. I said I was vastly. Put me down for nine. That's fine. Nine my, my favorite category. So I'll start this one off. Uh, Duke's uh, defensive Ken Palm rating on Selection Sunday. Last year, uh, Duke ended the season 24th in Ken Palm in defense. I thought they were going to be way better. Uh, Ken Palm has them tagged as the 22nd best team on defense coming into the season. But Ken Palm's uh, preseason ratings, particularly on defense, are pretty nebulous in terms of predictability. Uh, I haven't checked the other, the other metric sites to see what they're, what they're saying, but, but this is, it's very hard to, to come up with a real preseason prediction on this one, but by the end of the season, and by the way, this, this does tend to change throughout the year. Um, even, even for really good teams, this number can, can move around. So I've got it at 15 at the end of the year. Donald, what did you have? I had 16. Wow. Jason. I had 11. I think
0: this is gonna be a pretty good defensive team.
2: I hope so. How many road wins is Duke going to rack up this year, Jason?
0: All right. So Duke has 11 road games. I went ahead and counted. Yep. Including games at Arkansas, Miami, and UNC. Three really tough places to win games. But there aren't a lot of other road venues that I think are really, really difficult for Duke. I think we play at Virginia Tech. We play at NC State. You know how that goes. Yeah. All right. You ready? It's a big number. I got nine road wins that is yeah. a big
2: number I had eight and I thought that I was worried that I was I was too optimistic Donald I also had eight yeah uh I think I
0: clearly I, think Duke's gonna have a really good season
2: <laughs> I bet I here, here's what I think is going to happen I think Duke is going to win two of those hard road games that that you just mentioned but it's going to drop a couple stupid ones like I mean NC State is a classic like you know Duke's a 12-point favorite and, and and loses in, in Raleigh that's just I don't know. I don't know if it's right, but it feels like it happens all the dang time. So uh, let's get to a depressing category uh, around Duke's context this season, which is how many ACC teams are going to make the NCAA tournament. I believe there were five last year, which was pretty bad. Uh, So, Jason, what do you have here?
0: I think the ACC will be better this year, but not a lot
2: better. I
1: went with six.
2: I also went with six. Donald?
1: We did our bold predictions uh, episode back in September. My bold prediction was that the ACC would lead the the conferences and number of teams going to the ACC or going to the NCAA tournament. I I have softened my stance and I think they're going to be tied with the Big Ten. Seven. I think you're getting seven in.
2: And how many total? I we're we're coming back to an individual stats category, but I'm gonna try to tabulate this one this year. How many total 10-5-5 games is Duke going to achieve this year? I went with six. Donald.
1: I said Mark Mitchell was going to have two. I think Duke is going to have two. Jason. So
0: I, I actually think I, Sam, I went with six also. I, even though I don't think Mark Mitchell is going to do it. I think that you're going to see, especially, you know, there'll be a guy who has a big steals game or something like that. So yeah, I think six is the number.
2: All right. Final category. How many total games? Is Duke going to win this season, including postseason? So all games included. How many games is Duke going to win? And this, I will remind you, is the category where you two guys always get always get uh, too excited, and I always throw cold water on you. So I'm going to let you do that to yourselves first, Donald.
1: Thirty
2: six. Donald thinks the Duke is going to win thirty six games this season, while only winning nine road games.
0: No, I said, I said eight. I had nine road games, and I also think Duke is winning 36 Yes, games that's as right, as
2: that's Duke. right, that's right. 30 Jason's got 36 wins?
0: I also have 30. I'm not changing nothing. 36 is the number. 36 30, and four.
2: I've got 30 wins for Duke this season.
0: That is a very... Sam, you're going to win this game. I'm saying it right now. You're going to win this category. That's a very reasonable number. I do it. I do it. it.
2: Look, I, I, would, I would like for you guys to be right. I would like to, for Duke to go to the Final Four and win the National Championship. It is just a hard thing to guess on. I do actually think... Duke will be one of the best six or eight teams in the country uh oh you sure
0: they're ranked number two in the polls
2: dude I'm just saying I'm just <laughs> a lot can change a lot can change but but it's hard to win that many games and John Shire hasn't done it before so uh you know and Coach K hadn't won a championship until he did and then he won five of them so it, I think you,
0: so I think we have not seen what happens when you combine returning five star players you know, one and done talents with even more one and done talents. It, I, I, I'm going to go, this Duke team is unprecedented. Well, actually, wait, it's kind of precedented. Kentucky did it in 2015. They had, they had a roster. They had, they got a bunch, they had a bunch of guys return who could have easily turned pro and, and and were all sophomores. And even though Duke won the national title that year, that 2015 Kentucky team, that team was was eating worlds. That team was crushing people. And I don't know that Duke will be quite at that level, but I think they'll be very, very close. Again, we just haven't it's been a long time. We haven't seen this kind of a team in college basketball in a in in quite a while.
1: and the last time we did, it was an unbelievable team. And the great thing uh, about that this uh, stat is that we're gonna, at least this year, we're gonna find out very quickly if we're on the right track. We have got some pretty tough games to open up the season, so we're gonna find out pretty quickly if we're if we're gonna be on that track to get to you know the, the high thirties or the low
2: thirties. Donald, on the topic of Duke, of us finding out how good Duke is early in the season, uh, we hope that, that Duke's gonna take care of business against Dartmouth on on Monday night. They are hosting Arizona on on Friday. Caleb Love is back in the building. Uh it is going to be I I, I and I'm no, going wait, to be wait. And,
0: and then they have Michigan State in a neutral arena like five days later.
2: Right, right after that. Uh I, I just on the Arizona game, since I won't be back to preview this, you guys can't make me keep coming back here. Uh we can try. We can I'm, try. <laughs> you you're I could you're still uh we've been we've been coordinating the show via a, a text group for many years. And you're I I see that you're still doing it on the same chain, even though you don't need to. Uh I'm I, I'm I stop that. So so I'll be in the building on Friday, uh, which I'm very excited for. I am I am not one to do this usually because I feel like the the student section is, you know, does what exactly what they can. Um, and and I know how hard it is to be. I don't know exactly because I haven't been an undergraduate student uh, in in a dozen years now, but I know how how uh, time consuming and challenging being an undergraduate student at college is today. I hope that all the students show up. For the freshmen, I hope that uh you have you are paying attention during the pre you paid attention during the preseason game and that you pay attention during the Dartmouth game about how to do all the cheering correctly because this game needs to be out of control. This needs to be I think what Jason would describe as vintage camera. Uh this is, a t- I don't believe Arizona has ever been to, to Cameron Indoor before. And this is going to be like a top five-ish matchup. This is about as big as it gets outside of, of Carolina games. So I hope that, and, and it's on a Friday night, right? You, you There is no homework due after this game. Um, you have all day on Saturday to recover from this thing unless you're, and, and by the way, the the football game is not until 8 p.m. on on Saturday night. So you got plenty of time to recover before you drive down to Chapel Hill to to watch Duke beat Carolina in football.
1: Shooter, shooters doesn't even open until like nine. So and the game's at seven. So you're not going to miss any prime shooters action by going to the game. So go to the game. And, and then go to And shooters.
2: Friday night, by the way, Friday night's grad student night at shooters, you know? So like I mean, you can go, but it's weird that I I I was a grad student <laughs> student. I I've been, I know. It's weird. It's different. Uh so don't worry about it. Go to the game. Uh, get excited. Uh, take whatever substances get you in the mood for for being at your absolute best. And I want it to be out of control on Friday night at Cameron Indoor. This is important. This is very, very important that, that this is the case. So I am I'm am very much looking forward to that. Uh, I'm looking forward to Duke beating Carolina next week. Uh, I'm looking for Duke Looking forward to Duke beating Dartmouth and Arizona and Michigan State and everybody else. And uh for us to go undefeated this year, even though I said that we would only win 30 games. Uh and one more thing that that I forgot to mention, uh, because it is important. For the game this week, uh, I got my ticket from from uh longtime DBR guy Ozzy, who uh if you've been on the DBR forums, you know who he is. So shout out to Ozzy. Uh he's a he's a big time mensch for uh for helping hook me up with uh with the ticket for this week. So thank you to you. Thank you to. Oh, I'm not. I'm not in charge here anymore. Uh, someone else do the uh, do the outro.
0: Okay, uh, that's on me. I think uh, for Donald, for me, Jason, and for our special guest star Sam Klein. This has been DBR podcast. Uh, oop, oop, yes. Well, wait, we're still the DBR podcast. We're still DBR. <laughs> we're still the DBR. Right? <laughs> Duke basketball roundup episode number. I don't remember. Five fifty
1: three. Jason's uh, okay, lost man. it. Jason's lost the plot. I, I, I'm
0: done. I'm, too many numbers. Stats game. Too many numbers in my head. Episode 553. Five, this is the Duke man to play us out and take us home. Beat Dartmouth.